What's up guys, JP here, and I'm here to tell you guys about um, PodCon.com. It's a site that we use. Uh, it helps us find sponsorships so that, you know, we can pay to do this and continue to do this and cover all the costs associated with doing the podcast. Um, PodCon, it, it's a marketplace. It connects podcasters um, with podcast sponsorships, which can be really hard to find. Uh, you don't know who to approach. You don't know what's going to be the right one. Um... What's going to fit your genre and your, you know, so uh, podcorn.com takes care of all that. You can get host red ads like this one right here, which is a paid sponsorship from podcorn.com, actually. Um, you can get interviews and segments through them on different topics and um, different sponsorships. And with podcorn, it, there's no middleman. It's you and them, and that's it. And they, um, you can just browse right through all of the... Um, the different sponsorships that are available at that any given time. You don't give up any rights to your podcast. You own your podcast. It's yours. Um, Podcorn doesn't want anything to do with with owning anything of it. They just want to help you find sponsorships and pay for it. So um, the Marketplace mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when to monetize. Uh, just click on the link in my show notes to sign up to Podcorn and stop browsing sponsorship opportunities now. This is Mr. Impact Wrestling himself, Moose, and you're listening to the Irish Whip. Hookers? Hookers and Coke? Hookers and Coke, man. You're the only pro wrestler I know that wants to do this shit in the morning. Yeti, you're a f***ing moron. Put it this way, I think Sammy Callahan might as well just change his name to Invader I want to know why. Like, he can dodge any question. Like, I'll tell anyone that. You can tell me the but I, I'm going to ask specific questions. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. WrestlingNewsSource.com All the rest of you yahoos are out there dilly-dilly you little wankers. We're actually receiving real wrestling news. This is Brett screwed. Brett. I'm Who are you to, to, to doubt El Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Brett screwed Brett. Hold two! Arm bar! Hey, get a nice shot of the brand new Mr. and Mrs. Hunter Hurst Helmsley. I hate you. I hate you. I hate your hat. I hate your t-shirts. I hate your wristbands. I hate your shoes. I hate your music. I hate the C-Nation. I hate everything that you stand for. So does rule. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I didn't do <laughs> No? I'll give you, I'm going to give you credit for that. Oh, I'm going to give you credit for that because I had never seen that before. So well, I never heard the, it called that. One of, well, yeah, one of the fans at Beyond Wrestling, this girl, she was the one who started the Dick Strings chant. And uh, she started the Dick Strings chant, and then it just turned into like a whole. It turned into like a whole thing in itself, you know. That's that, that, it's crazy because you're mad when you come out at Beyond. Yeah. Um, the people are like whipping those in the air and everything. It's like a. It's like a J- Japanese. The streamers in Japan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get the like, you get the Dick Strings being. Yeah, it really air. turned. It turned into like a. It turned into like a whole thing of its own, you know. That's pretty cool, and yeah. Now, how? Because you're from New York, right? Yeah, I'm from Staten Island, New York. Is Beyond your home company at this point? I mean, I would say like Beyond is, is probably like my home company. I've I've just been with Beyond, building the whole thing with Beyond yeah. for like pretty much the last like ten years. And um, 
I'd say Beyond is probably my home company. How did that come about? Just well, I uh, was kind of trying to get my foot in the door, pretty much doing anything back in like two thousand eight, nine. And uh, I was still really young and green and learning how, how to how to do stuff in the ring and how to put together wrestling matches. I actually started wrestling, like learning how to wrestle when I was 15. Wow. So for a couple of years, like t- about two years maybe, I worked like some small indie shows in like New Jersey and like student shows and things like that under like a few different gimmicks. I wore a mask at one point, but I really like didn't really know what I was doing. I just could kind of like do some spots. I knew how to do some moves. I didn't really understand or ever grasp like putting together wrestling matches. That was something that kind of came later. And uh, when I was maybe like 20, 19, 20, I got back into wrestling and wanted to, you know, really give it like a, an honest shot. And a guy named Corvus Fear, he was like a, like a New Jersey indie guy. Yeah. He was friends with all the people who were kind of involved with what Beyond Wrestling was before it was Beyond Wrestling. And they were going to do one of these like tapings in Ohio. And he came to me and three other, two other people and was like, Hey, do you guys want to, do you want to come out to Ohio and wrestle? I can't prom, you know, you're not going to get paid or anything, but it's going to be cool. We'll wrestle for like uh, two days, three days, and uh, <clears throat> I'll stay at my friend's house. And then we'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. And I, and that was it. That was it. I went to Beyond Wrestling, and I think it was September of 2009. It was my first taping. They did like one taping before I got. I was there. A couple guys were there, and uh, and then uh, and then that was it. Uh, that's how it started. I just got asked to go, and for the first few years, first two years in Ohio, there, it was all just like DIY tapings. The wrestlers around the ring, and. Uh, yeah. That was how I got like my foot in the door with AIW in Cleveland because we used to go out to Ohio because Drew Cordero, Denver, Colorado, the guy who owns Beyond Wrestling, he had a house out in Ohio at the time, and we would go stay at his house, and we would film in uh, Lyria, Ohio, in like, this wrestling school that was in a storage unit. And that's pretty much how that started. Okay. Now, where did you train? Cause like I feel the Northeast is the best place if you're going to train anywhere. Like I'm up in Boston. I know you're in New York, New Jersey, and there's a, yeah. a there's a million of good schools between those two places. I wouldn't really say like anymore exactly. Maybe like back then when I was starting, there was a lot. I mean, there's still places, but when I started, I started at the Jersey All Pro Wrestling School. Okay, it was at Bayo, which is basically right over the bridge. Um, so there were times where I actually walked over this bridge to get to Bayonne. That's go to wrestling training because like my dad wasn't available to give me a ride or something, and uh, that's where I started. I started at the Jersey All Pro School under this guy named Magic, who actually trained and broke in a ton of guys who were popular and guys who didn't you know gain popularity. But this guy got a lot of people started in pro wrestling in the Northeast, and um, a lot of people went to that school. And and that was the first place I trained, learned fundamentals and basics and all that stuff. And uh, from there, I bounced around. I was only 15 years old. So, you know, the school shut yeah. down because they lost that building. And the, I really wanted to go to the doghouse and train with Homicide. Yeah. But they lost that building. So that was the end of the doghouse. 
And I got to train with Homicide a little bit back then at the Jersey All-Pro School because he used to train his doghouse students there when, like, the, the regular classes are over. But I went to Chikara when I was, like, 16. And it, it was maybe, like, Chikara had only been around for maybe, like, a year or so. And I used to go out there because there was a guy I knew who used to drive out there. And he gave me a ride to go out there and work out with him. And he used to go and just pay my class. And... um that was when I was like 16, and that was originally with like you know all the first generation Chikara students. So that was pretty cool, and I learned a lot there. Chikara was pretty awesome back then, pretty awesome. School. Oh yeah, I used to do the rides. Um, me and a couple of promoters from here used to do the rides down just to watch King of Trios and stuff like that every year. Yeah, yeah. So from there, I was doing uh, I would do Chikara, and then like around that time, I kind of like got out of it a little bit. I um. I was in high school, I had a girlfriend, but I also played music, so I got like really into playing <laughs> drums, I started playing in bands, I finished high school, I didn't wrestle as much, I kind of like just fell out of wrestling. The thing is like, I was, uh, when I was about like maybe 16, like 2002 or so, I started getting like turned off with the WWE, um, I started collecting Japanese wrestling tapes. I started watching more indie wrestling. Ring of Honor became a big thing. Jersey All Pro was really popular. I started training, and I was kind of like I was a kid that was against like heavy metal music. So I kind of had like that like elitist, um, anti uh, mainstream type of attitude. I kind of still do. I do absolutely, and uh, I kind of like stopped watching wwe completely and i started watching japanese wrestling and indie wrestling and trying to like introduce all my friends to it so they would get into it too and uh, i made like new friends that way but there was just a point when i was like maybe 16 or 17 i just kind of like fell out of wrestling even as a fan until maybe i was like 19 and and i um funny story I trained at a karate dojo growing up, and two kids I met at the karate dojo. I trained at the karate dojo for a long time, from the time I was about maybe six years old till I was about 15 or 16. And I met Jaka there, who was my tag partner, when, when I was like seven or eight years old. And I met uh, Sean wow. Maluda. Sean Maluda, he wrestles, he's wrestled for NXT yeah. a handful of times. Um, he's, uh, he's like a WXW uh like Samoan WXW guy. He lives in Florida now. And he became a pro wrestler. And he was trying to be a pro wrestler because his uncle is off of the wild Samoan. So he was like definitely training at, at like at this point, like full fully to try and become like a pro wrestler. And he was trying to convince me to get back into it. And he was gonna form a tag team with Jaka. And I and, and me and Tyson had like a little teenage falling out for some you know, bullshit at the time and we weren't really talking and then sean told me tyson was getting into the business like seriously which i always kind of egged tyson on to do when we were backyarding it's because i thought tyson could be a really good wrestler so when i heard he was getting into it like seriously and sean was like pushing for me to get into it because you know we all just always wanted to be wrestlers that's all we ever talked about i was like okay I'm, I'll go back to training. I'll start like tightening up. I want to be a. I want to take it seriously now. So that was it. The three of us kind of like came together, and you know that that's how it, that's how that all kind of like started. And at that time, I kind of picked a place to go train because I obviously needed to get my get training in again. And the best thing I did was little Guido uh, James Maritato. He was yeah. running a wrestling school in New Jersey at the time, um, and I went and trained with him. And he uh, he really was the first guy who like really took me aside and was like, "Listen, 
you have the athleticism, you have the, you know how to do the moves, you can execute the spots, you gotta learn how to put the matches together. And he started working with me and teaching me how to put matches together. And um, I signed up to go to Harley Races like wrestling camp with Pro Wrestling Noah. Yeah. And 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 uh, I like prepared with little Guido to go do that. And when I went there, I got to train with like uh, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, like Marafuji, Atsushi Aoki. And I actually met a lot of guys who had become friends of mine or coworkers or peers. Like Michael Elgin was really young. He was there. Um, Simon Grimm was there. He was like really, really young. He was actually a student at Harley Races. And uh, we were all just trying to get into pro wrestling Noah, basically. But I don't think any of us were actually really good enough at the time. Or the, the camp was kind of like a kind of a work, you know. But I, I got to meet a lot of people, and, and it was a good experience. And I learned a lot. I learned the most, actually, that, that time from Ricky Steamboat. And that was only actually maybe a couple of weeks, if not a month, after uh, – after Beyond, I did my first taping with Beyond Wrestling, and that was like a fully like paid for it all myself deal. Like I saved up my money, I delivered pizzas, and I uh, flew myself out there, stayed in a hotel for a week. Jaka came with me. Jaka did that all with me. We did that together, and um, it was awesome. That's you know, and that's pretty much like my training, my training story, I guess, of, of where I've trained and who I've trained with. It's kind of like a a mishmash all over the place, I guess. But I've had a lot of experience, I think. So how much does it mean? And I, I like I hate having interviews. I like having conversations. But like, sure, sure. What's it mean to you to be able to kind of go back full circle? Because I grew up in a neighborhood where I talk about it all the time, and like you, kind of, I feel like you did the same thing. And to be able to go full circle with like Team Pazuzu and teaming with Pinky and Jocker and them, what's that mean to you? Like the whole like we're all from New York type thing. Yeah. Well, it meant a lot to me. It's because I, I was a huge indie wrestling fan. Uh, and especially, of course, obviously, of like the home team guys, like the Homicide and Loki and, the, you know, the Hit Squad and all that. Even though Danny Moff is from Bayonne, uh, you know, it's kind of like there was like a New York thing to the whole deal. And, and my idea, it was kind of like me and Pinky had this idea because he had uh, – he knew Mike and Angel, the EYFBO guys who are now uh, the proud and powerful – he, he knew Mike and Angel when they were like really young, and I knew Mike because Mike was from Staten Island at the time. And he actually, Mike was actually trained by Magic, the guy who trained me, out of this this place that I got where a guy in Staten Island, a guy opened up a wrestling school. He thought he was just going to have children's birthday parties there. He bought a ring, he rented a space. <laughs> he had no idea what he was doing. This guy, his name was Wilson. He was a good guy, honest to God, good guy, but he didn't have a clue what he was doing. He certainly wasn't tr a trained wrestler. wasn't able to train anyone. So magic went there with this kid, Mike, and was training him how to be a pro wrestler. And I remember, um, at the time, Mike's maybe like three or four years younger than me. Uh, Magic was like, hey, watch this kid wrestle. And he wrestled this other guy. And he was only Mike was only probably 16 at the time. Good. And I was like, uh, we were like, oh, yeah, this kid's going to be – he's going to be pretty good. And, you know, now he's on he's on AEW and everything. And I, I watched right. him grow from being basically nobody – him and Monkey from being nobodies to basically being one of the most popular wrestling tag teams yeah. of, of this entire generation. So – I mean, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. I mean, I did this. I did. A, I was able to accomplish goals with my best friend. I mean, Tyson, Jaka, we, we were, you know, 
the things me and Jocka have done together, it's like it's unreal. The same thing with me and Pinky. Pinky, you know, Pinky, you could even I could even say Pinky at times is my the best opponent I've ever had. We've had nice. amazing singles matches against each other. We've tagged with each other. So to to accomplish that was a really big deal. And a lot of people, um, a lot of people, you know. You know, the biggest part of it to me was I wanted to be like what the old guys, the old crew. I wanted to be better than them. I wanted to, I wanted us to be, you know, more successful. I wanted us to be better wrestlers. I wanted to, be, I wanted to not only uh, kind of uh, represent what they represented. Kind of, I wanted to bring because there weren't a lot of people talking about wrestlers from New York for a while. Nobody was really stepping up and, and taking the reins and being like, okay, you know, these are the guys. And I, I wanted to fill that void with Team Pazuzu. And I thought we had a good dynamic. Everybody kind of was representing like a different borough or whatever, and it was it was just cool. Yeah. And uh, it, got, it got everyone, you know, considering how much we got to work with Homicide and Loki and uh, the Hit Squad and all those guys. It it obviously was was very rewarding, and it all came full circle because I looked up to those guys yeah. more than anybody because I was there as a fan at all those shows in two thousand and one and two and three and four and five. So to to have worked with those guys and have not not only work with them but i mean especially like danny moff uh steve mack d yeah. these guys became like my wrestling dads my wrestling dads and really good like really good friends like i love i love some i love these guys they're, they're just they're good people and they became a a big part of my life you know like steve gave me the shirt that he wore when he wrestled in Korokuen Hall and Big Japan Pro oh, Wrestling, man. and uh, I mean the the highest honor to me was I, I'll turn my light on. I I take it in every uh, wherever whatever apartment I live in or whatever house I'm in. I always take this with me now. But Homicide, I beat him in a match, and he gave me that his bandana off of his head. Where is oh. it? I can't even figure it out. That's that's his bandana in a frame up there. That is cool. And he's and he right. said uh, after I wrestled him in this one match, he said, uh, "I'm the king of New York now." So <laughs> you really so when those guys were kind of at the top of New York, there was like really a line in the sand between New York and New England wrestling. JP, let me. Yeah, New England wrestling is kind of weird. Like New England wrestling, New England indie scene. Those guys up there were always so, so much more uh, centered around just wanting to make it to the WWE. And yes. then, um, and the, everything up there was geared so much more towards WWE. And uh, I think it, it took guys uh, like M like Mike Bennett, definitely Tommaso Ciampa, yeah. kind of getting like that uh, ROH exposure and getting out there and doing things a little differently to kind of like maybe break the mold a little bit. But I mean, regardless, they both ended up in WWE. Right. But you know, not a lot of guys forget uh, guys like John Walters. You know, John Walters. Yeah. A great oh. worker from the New England area who broke out on like the yeah. you know the, the indies, but the, up there and still even to this day, the, the Beyond Wrestling uh, totally blew everybody out up there, and yeah. and um, changed the landscape. It's because before Beyond Wrestling went up there, it was extremely isolated, and everybody kind of had that same like in their own bubble mentality of like this is how we do things, old school WWF. Uh, and it's just that isn't really realistic or a realistic way to go about anything anymore, especially even if you're trying to get into the WWE. So, I mean, uh, you know, obviously uh, the New England Wrestling Academy, that's they, they've they've gotten with times, but there's a lot of other people up there who definitely haven't. And uh, New England's tough. It's because you have 
It's all, New England's huge. Massachusetts is huge. So <laughs> you've got so many wrestling companies. The fans are spread really thin. It, it's a tough place to run. And uh, beyond wrestling kind of like putting the stamp there and kind of becoming the, you know, Obviously, I mean, there's no nobody else really has any buzz coming out of New England. So, to, to, I mean, unless right. you want to, yeah, I'd say a limitless. Done yeah, if you well. go way up to Maine, yeah. Yeah, but that's like a different world altogether. That's still like four hours away. So, that's like it, they're on their own. They're kind of like in their own bubble up there. And um, yeah, it's it's a t- it's a tough area, I think. But there's there's some good workers that have come out of there. Yeah, that's Will Dojin just said. New York had that underground feel that we didn't have up here. And that, that was like kind of the difference. It really was like, I used to go down to Jersey for a couple of, for shows. And I would, cause I would travel with a couple of guys and do, I'd help out at security or whatever, just to take the road trips and yeah, have a few beers at the end of the night, you know, but, and it was really different. And I'd say to the promoters and I'd be like, how do you guys get away with this? It was like indie, indie riffic was what I called it back then. But now that's like, that's really the way, and like WWE's even kind of gone that way with NXT and the guys they're bringing in. I mean, if if there's guys out there who are still saying like, "Oh, uh, this is real uh, indie rhythmic," or "This is uh, right. this is real indie," it's like you're you just get out of wrestling, dude. Yeah. It's like this this ain't like George the Animal Steel wrestling anymore, right? And, and uh, I, there's a lot I, of guys out there who really who are really butthurt about that because yeah. that's like how they go to the really. And they really like believe in it. It's like, well, I mean, it adapts, it, you know, it evolves. Hate to break it to you, man, but like AJ Styles is like the top dog in the WWE now, and uh, he certainly wasn't, um, you know, chin locking people to death back in two thousand and three when you were all hating on Ring of Honor for doing too many moves. Right. So you know, it's not it's not anyone's fault you didn't get with the times. Like you can only watch SummerSlam '91 so many times until it's <laughs> like you know. The tape wears out, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It, now, what's what's your which out of the national companies? Do you have a goal? Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I okay. want to work. I want a job for New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I, I as far as wrestling and and a tel- in television wrestling, um, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't entertain uh, any offers, but my goal was to be doing exactly what I was doing before the pandemic. And um, I hope and pray to God that I could get back to that. It's because it was definitely very profitable for me personally. And it was working out. And I like the idea that I pretty much called my own shots. I was working for pretty big companies. I started working for AAA. It's just the biggest company in Mexico. So at that point, I'm getting the international exposure on a high level. And I'm making money just kind of like doing my own thing. I. I wasn't like ready to jump into anything. Whereas, yeah. you know, you see a lot of guys they're they're ready to put their, their name on anything that comes their way. But for me personally, the Indies was great. And uh, I really hope it gets back to normal. You know, if it doesn't, yeah. we'll have to adapt and move on. But as far as like all out of the big companies, you know, owned by corporate entities, I mean, new Japan pro wrestling. Okay. That's a, is number that's, one. Is that a go? Like, have you wrestled over in Japan? Yeah, I wrestled in Japan, and uh, when I wrestled in Japan, I wrestled for W Pro, four different companies, 
And when I saw how over I was already before I'd ever even been there before, saw how over GCW was in Japan, saw how receptive the fans were, saw how well I was received, saw how much press everything got. Once I saw that, it all was just like, okay, I get it. Like, I know I could be there and I know I could wrestle there and I know I belong there. It's because I see what I could see how well received I am here in this country now to these people. And it's not just like a, a fantasy or a dream or an idea. This is all, this has all become like very real. So, um, yeah, new Japan is, is definitely, I would, I would be honest. It's my, it's my main goal. It's, it's my number one goal. And it's, and to be honest, it was, it, it seemed like it was going in that direction based on like what I was doing WrestleMania week. You know, I had high profile matches with some of their top talent. And, uh, you know, like I said, I just hope that the opportunities will still be on the table when the time comes. And I'm really excited for New Japan to return. They're coming back on the 15th, I think. They're doing the, they're starting the nice. tape again. They're going to be taping in like small, uh, in like a smaller, close setting with no fans. But, yeah. And that, I mean, I mean, I, wrestling I, in, in general, in general, wrestling in Japan full time and moving to Japan basically permanently is, is my main goal out okay. of pro wrestling. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, America, like you just said, America is very profitable right now. Um, for I mean, it was wrestling. Yeah. Right. It was. And it was. Japan has always kind of been that way. I, in my mind, like I see guys that have gone over there for six months and made a good living. I mean, it's, it's you know, for me personally, it was incredible. Um, Forget him. It was it was great, um, and I mean I couldn't be- I couldn't believe what I was seeing honestly right. what I experienced when I went there, and that's when I knew I was like, well, I always obviously dreamed of going. It was it was my life goal to wrestle in Japan, that's- and then when I went, I was like, I was like, oh, it's okay. Now what do you do? Okay, well you set your goals even higher. Well, what's the next step? Well. I'm going to I'm going to come back and I'm going to stay for 3 months or something or I'm yep. going to stay for a year and and I'm going to try to get a job and this and that. So it's it's just a matter of like what the next t- taking the next step realistically and a lot of it came down to when I went over there I realized like all right, what am I really capable of? I know what I'm capable of. So that's it's just have to make it happen. It's just unfortunate yep. that the yep. whole the whole pandemic thing threw a wrench in like everybody's plans. So yeah, it's uh, you guys, I think, are a little more opened up now. Um, Massachusetts is just uh, like we we can go to restaurants now, but we have to sit outside. You can't go into yeah, a restaurant. New York and New York and uh, and Massachusetts are pretty much like neck and neck when it comes to like the phases and stuff. Yeah, so I wouldn't say like New York's really doing anything too uh, too fast as far as like faster than than Massachusetts. I think it's really stupid that like you could go to the gym in Rhode Island right now, but you can't go in Massachusetts. So it's like, what if you live in like Fall River? Like I always lived on the South Coast, so it's like when I was living in like Westport or something, I could just I'm just gonna drive, drive right. to the Seekonk and go to the the in, workout world in 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 uh, East Providence. <laughs> and it's I'm like, not a small guy, and I put on probably twenty pounds during this bullshit. And I have to do something once this is over, and I can't start yet. Well, I can do basic yeah, home no, stuff, I'm... but not, you know, not to the extent yeah. that I need to. And that, like, people just, ah, it, it's crazy. And the world is nuts right now. But staying healthy, I guess, is their um, the goal. 
I guess. And staying healthy but getting out of shape or something. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I, tra- I, I was lucky. I trained pretty much almost the whole pandemic. Um, me and Janella knew a guy in Jersey who owns a gym, and he let us have the key to it so we could go whenever the hell we wanted. And it wasn't like a complete gym or anything like that, but it had enough to get the job done. So right. I was That's- blessed. Very lucky. That is, that is that's now have you started have you started hearing of bookings coming up after yet or not uh well i am gonna um, i got bookings um uh, i got bookings coming up gcw is on the 20th um iwa mid-south is going to be on the 19th uh and then i'm going back in july oh july 4th is gcw uh that's in somebody's like house um, Isn't that right? Yeah, it's like a backyard wrestling thing. Uh, there's uh, there's stuff at the end of July back in Indiana. It seems like Indiana is going to be running running shows and having events and stuff like that for a little while because there's like no regulations there. They're they're all like pretty much like opened up. You know, there's a lot of yeah. places in the country that are just like completely opened up, basically. <sighs> It's it's. I think Massachusetts. I I want to see it. I miss going. Like I went to Beyond every week, you know. And there's yeah. a couple other shows that I would go to, and like I miss that. I miss the just the action right there, and there's nothing yeah, like it. And it. you watch the TV you- product, and it's not the same without an audience. Oh yeah, I think the TV wrestling has kind of like suffered the most yeah. from not having the, the crowd there, and it really is sad. It, we were. It, it, whatever, think about what we had accomplished in the last year or so with Beyond Wrestling. We were about to take it to a whole other level. We were opening the school, yep. so we we had the we had the school that was about to open up, and and we had already seen we already had people signing up for it. So we were gonna we were gonna then be able to really think about it, really plant our seeds in the future of the whole independent wrestling scene. And uh, I had really we started doing some seminars the last like year, year or two. And, you know, I was confident in being able to train people. And a lot of people were confident oh, yeah. in, me in that position. And I was looking forward to it. So the school was going to be a, a big deal. We were going to run the school Monday through Friday. I was going to move back up. I had a, I had a sweet situation set up. I was going to move closer to Worcester. Um, we were going to do uncharted territory every Thursday for like a year straight. We were yeah. even going to take a break. Everything was just looking like it was going to be awesome. I was supposed to go back to Japan in April. I was I had trips in Mexico planned. It was That's everything was going going tremendously, and uh, coronavirus and yeah. laid the smackdown on, on it'll. On- you know, it may not be to it's back to normal. Might not happen till next year, but I think we'll be back. Yeah, because I mean, let's face it, beyond. Beyond's a big drawing show. Um, I guess I got up there, definitely. I would say so. But sure. they're pretty strict at the door there, so they could keep a count on people if they wanted to. Yeah, if I mean, they, you know, it's a matter of like what, um, what the, the you know, Drew and the the IWTV people see as yeah. worth it when it comes to what they're going to do as far as. You know, are they going to operate with a less less capacity? I know the venue. Uh, the White Eagle, excuse me, I'm a story. The White Eagle is apparently like really on board, and we own our own ring now. You know, we've wanted a ring forever, so we actually own our own ring now because we were starting the school and everything. Right. So there's a ring there, and 
the building is is being like renovated. They're renovating the uh, like the whole uh, structure, inner structures of the building and stuff. So it's going to be operational, I think. But when the time comes and the, and all the stuff's lifted, it, it's just a matter of That's knowing cool. when. And we don't know no. when. It's a matter of time. It's a matter of it's a matter of we don't know when it's what's going to be available to do, and then what we're going to have to do when we can. Uh, you know, less capacity, all this right. the, the shit that goes back and forth. Are we gonna? Are people gonna have to be tested at the door? What is? It's just it's all so much back Take and care. forth. You don't know what to believe. You don't know what's actually going to happen. You know. Now, Will Dojin just asked: Is the school still going to be a thing? Do you know? I mean, we of course, in theory, we'd love it to be a thing, but we have nothing to base any actual plans off of. Yeah. You know what I mean? We can't plan or set dates or right, and you can't invest or, rent into a building that you can't use. We just can't. It's just there's we That's, can't we can't make any decisions or any or make any plans based on you know the coronavirus stuff. We have to wait and see what happens with, with the with the phases yeah. and all that shit yeah you know, it's, it's, it's just a matter of waiting yeah the, now like i've been around the new england indie scene for 15 years now and what's yeah. amazing about the beyond wrestling fans i could go to five different shows on a weekend up here and see the same people five different times i go to a beyond show and you guys have your own crowd yeah it, it's yeah cool. it's, it's, it's not so, like the so, typical independent wrestling crowd up here it's no and it evolved over the years but the last year or two really i think was the best it's been it's been the best it ever was and um and it's been they're a great crowd they're fun yeah and uh really the evolution of the iwtv thing though the weekly shows it yeah. really was, it really turned everything up a notch you know what especially I, I said to drew one day um, ninety percent of the promotions up here in New England wanted to be ECW. Yeah, he kind of did that without trying to be ECW. It just kind of evolved that way in their connection. In the connection they have with the fans, it's very similar to the connection that ECW had with its fans back in the day. Yeah, because because that's because people are lazy. Mm. They don't come up with their own. They don't come up with their own ideas. Right. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. And but the way I said it to Drew was like. You weren't trying to be that, and you became that, and every other company that tried to couldn't figure it out. And it was yeah. a matter of, take, hey, let's take the barricades away. Hey, let's let the fans come up and bang on the ring. Yeah. yeah. You know? Was, we didn't want to come, we didn't want to distance ourselves too far from what the original right. concept was of the fans around the ring, of the, the wrestlers around the ring. You know what I mean? So that's why we never set up seating or anything like that. And Leo Khan has just asked, and this is good because I know these two both um, worked a couple matches for um, Beyond, and he wants to know your thoughts on some of the younger talent from this area, Alec Price and CJ Cruz. I saw the kid Price. Uh, he had some moves. I see the kid Cruz. I've seen him wrestle. I, you know, I thought he was all right. I just like, you know, I think these kids are young. They need yeah. to. They need to get in the gym. I'm, you know, yeah, need to work on the aesthetic a little bit more. Uh, but I thought that there was some potential there. Obviously I knew the kid price. I know drew liked the kid price and I, and he like, uh, he was from fall river or something or that area. So I, which I thought was interesting because there's not a lot of guys 
from that area who end up kind of like popping up in Beyond or anything right. like that. So I thought that was cool. I thought right. they were they seemed like they were doing all right. Yeah, they had a couple those two together have had great matches. Um Yeah. And I like them both. I think they're both good kids. I think they're both um fun to watch, but like you said, I mean Alec is on the smaller side and Cruz is a big yeah. kid, is short, but he's he's stocky. And he's strong as hell, straight. legitimately strong yeah, as hell. The kid price, though, the kid price, I do remember on occasions like Drew being impressed with him and being like, "Oh, that kid had a pretty good match." Or that 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 kid, had, oh, he was really impressive that in this match or whatever and that. So I was like, "Oh, cool." And I saw him like cutting a promo once, and he had like a really thick New England accent. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I was like, "What is this kid talking about?" That's. So he grew the price grew up in South in South Boston and then he moved. I, I don't know where he's at now, but and that's like Fall you don't River. get much. What's that? Yeah, he, I think Fall he is, River or something. Yep. And yeah. you don't get much of thicker accent because he grew up right in the middle of the city. So Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, trust me, everybody's got a pretty thick accent down there too. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I lived in New Bedford for three years, so okay. It's uh yeah, they got pretty thick accents over there too. Were you wrestling when you were down there? Were you wrestling in this area, or were you just doing the? New yeah, York? okay. I, I lived in Massachusetts from 2016 to 2019. I was like about this close, and pretty much a handshake and an, and an agreement away from becoming a firefighter in New Bedford. Oh, really? I just See, yeah, I was, was really close. To becoming a I mean, I know you did a couple. Of, I I know I saw you once or twice for um. Uh, top rope down there, and I know you did UFO with um, you had the match against Malonis there. Oh, yeah, and you were at that show. I was so that was yeah. probably the only UFO show I wasn't at. Oh, okay, yeah, I did um, that. I've done top rope, obviously. I uh, Ted Ted is one of like my best friends. I, me and Ted were roommates yes. for oh, okay, yeah, me, I, me and Ted, I, yeah, Fun me and Ted guy. were roommates. Yep, Ted's a good guy. Legendary parties. He's definitely a like a, a legendary New England wrestler. Yes. He could have. For sure. I think he could have done something at one point and probably still could if he wanted to. I mean, he keeps himself it's, in impeccable yeah. shape. Oh, yeah. I know for sure he definitely wants to still do stuff, and he's trying really hard to stay consistent with Beyond because he finally got like a, another opportunity to work for Beyond, and it went really well. So I know like Ted really like he, Ted loves wrestling. I'm yeah. gonna be dead. I'm gonna be dead ass honest with you. I don't think anybody loves wrestling more than Ted. He definitely falls more in the old school spectrum of the old school WWF. He loves ECW. Uh, he likes he he's he's he will watch. He watches the show every week. He'll watch the, the uncharted territory every week. He'll 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 watch anything some sometimes just to see what's going on. And uh, Ted Ted loves it, man. I yeah. Ted will be wrestling. Ted's like Dennis Stamp. He'll be wrestling until he's, <laughs> he's like seventy years old. He's, but Ted's he'll be getting. But Ted'll still be getting booked. Yeah, he will. Probably. <laughs> I love Dennis. Ted. He's a good guy. Yeah, no, he absolutely. Now, do you feel the difference? That there's a difference between New York and New England still, or do you think that's been kind of? Yeah, do you think New England kind of adapted to the New York style? I don't think New York's kind of like anything anymore. Honestly, there really isn't. There's there's not too many companies that run here. I mean, there is some stuff, but it's not like a anything that's like you know 
ringing any bells or, or like, you know, I can't even, like, there's some stuff in the Bronx. Uh, well, New York was always tough because it was stuff. You had to rent someone else. You had to get a license. You couldn't really get a license. So you had to rent yeah. someone's license. Then you had to get a, you have to have a, you have to pay a doctor to be at every New York show. Yeah. Like, yeah, it just yeah. seemed like this the expenses were out of hand to me. Yeah. New York, New York based promotions. There's not, there's their stuff, and if I'm being disrespectful to any of those com- those those companies, I'm no. sorry. I know there's some stuff in the Bronx. There's there's companies that run, but uh, as far as like styles and stuff, no, I, everything's kind of just all over the place, and everybody works everywhere, anyways. There's there's plenty of those kids that will come down here and do a show, and then they'll be up at shows in New England doing shows, and yeah. So everybody tries to be, really bounce around and do and do their own thing. You know, but as far as like New York having its own promotion and its own home promotion anymore, I don't know. Who, whatever that promotion is, I mean, maybe they should speak up and raise their hand. I don't know. I I, the, I, don't, I don't. I don't. I don't wrestle much in New York the last couple of years. The Unless only one was, I can like, off the top of my head would be like WrestlePro. WrestlePro, yeah, but they run the like, only one. They're, they're a New Jersey company. Are they? They're definitely more of a New Jersey company. I'd okay. Say. Yeah. Yeah, that's the only, I mean, Jersey All Pro, again, that's Jersey, but that's the only one in that area that makes noise. The, the only couple, Jersey really. All Pro, Jersey All Pro has been gone for years. Yeah. I mean, that's, GCW pretty much is, I guess, yeah. based in this area. They run in Asbury Park. They do run in New York sometimes. And, I mean, I mean, be, not not being biased, I mean, the, the, the proof is there. The numbers, the the proof don't right. lie. GCW is the biggest Indian in the world, pretty much. I mean, GCW will, will sells out crowds. It doesn't matter if it's New York, if it's Chicago, if it's LA, right. if it's Tokyo. It's like, I mean, like GCW. The ride I went on with them for a year, I was like, I I was blown away when I went to LA the first time for GCW. And I mean, I was blown away when they were doing the spring break stuff, and I couldn't believe how many people they were drawing. Or the first Bloodsport card, I, I was like, because I was wrestling for Evolve and doing all that WWN stuff, and those shows didn't have any buzz or weren't drawn anywhere near as much as what the GCW stuff was. And that, that's when the 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 flag started going off because I was with GCW before it was GCW and it was JCW. Do you remember JCW? No, was that Jersey Championship Wrestling? Yes, yes, that's what okay. GCW was, and then JCW became GCW, and uh, and I kind of like fucked off, and I moved to Massachusetts, so I I didn't want to just drive to shows anymore because right. they weren't paying as good or whatever. I was just busy. I was I didn't care. <laughs> so then I, when I was gone, and I realized Jesus, this company is gaining some serious steam. I need to get with this company. Um. You know, they blew up and the Joey Janela spring break and all that and blah blah blah. So I uh I realized like I need to start working these shows. So I got I obviously started doing more for them. I went out to LA and I I'd done PWG before, I'd wrestled in LA yeah. before, and I saw the crowd and I the crowd reacted. I mean, I had a match with Statlander at that show. It was insane. That's cool. That's like, I was like, they're drawing this well out here. And then it was like everywhere I went and wrestled for GCW, it was sold out. And the when crowd I would, was super hot. I would say that when I did the rides down to Jersey mm-hmm. for shows with guys and be like, because up here at that, I'm talking 10 years ago probably, um, PWS still had the old owner. Pro Wrestling Syndicate still had the old It was still a thing and still had the old owner. Was before Bob, or something yeah, it was tap outs at the time. 
Um, I know there's a lot of heat on him for shit, but that's I don't even know the but, guy. I wouldn't even know what he looked like. But they drew. Yeah, yeah. And up I mean, here, like he, he draw maybe four or five hundred at that point. And up here in New England, we were lucky to get like a buck fifty at a show. Oh, the fans suck me out there. They don't go to shows. It's hard. That's- you know, the, the fact that we could draw 200 people every Thursday is, like, right unprecedented. And then for our big shows, we'll do, like, a 900, 1,000 people. And it's 200 paid. It's 900 yeah. paid. You know what I mean? It's not. I mean, Beyond's a different story. You can't really compare it to anything no, else. He's... For the other companies, it is disappointing. But I've done shows, you know. I've done some of Ted's top rope shows in New yep. Bedford where he sold a lot of tickets and it was a great crowd. Um, it's not like your that. typical indie wrestling crowd. It's more like casual fans who are just there to have a good time. Right. That's okay too. That's a, just a different dynamic of the of the of the shows and a different and you know you just change it up and you entertain that's, the crowd that's that you have before you that night. Yeah, that's um, yeah. The top rope shows they tend to they get a lot of kids and stuff in that area usually. Yeah, which but that. Is- Fine. That Fall River building is one of my favorite buildings to watch wrestling in. The Yale Hall, or Nepal. Yeah, it's yeah. such a cool place. But the, I mean, the way you guys have it set up, I paid the extra ten bucks to get a seat. I'm 45 years old with a bad back. I'm not standing for the. I have, but then I, you know, I said, ah, if I pay the extra ten bucks, I can sit down when I want. Yeah, well, that that's why there's the seats. And that's yeah, <laughs> it's um, he's got a great. It's just I love Beyond at this point, and I didn't. Oh, good, yeah. I was so, and I like I'm I'm friends with the hoods. I love the hoods, but I was so much against the look ma no fans stuff because it's like how's he gonna make money? And then here he is, two million on YouTube, yeah, and now selling out places. Like he obviously had a plan way, even way back then. He's a, he's a listen, <laughs> Cordero. Uh, He's responsible for a lot of things that wrestling adapted to and changed with. I mean, there's a lot of things that, that happened in WWE that comes directly from Drew Cordero's uh, creative genius over the years. He just somebody. He's just somebody who who saw the future before the future was happening. And he reversed hijack. That was straight he, off a of Beyond he, show. He predicted the way things were going to go as far as prom- promoting on social media, the release yeah. of content. Uh, util- utilizing YouTube, uh, all things that obviously people were going to catch on to, but he was the first one to do it. And I realized that Beyond Wrestling was serious when, like, I started getting bookings off of just like those videos on YouTube where I was wrestling in front of no crowd. And I was like, oh, people really think this is good because we were really busting our asses. Right. And it, and it was cool. It looked cool when it was just the old presentation, the top down camera. It was just raw and gritty, and it was it was something different. So, you know, there was a lot of people who obviously gave the whole concept shit and maybe yeah, thought it wasn't going to work. And I could bet you any amount of money those people uh, either worked for us or tried to work for us. And you That's, know, <laughs> I'm eating crow on it now. And I wasn't against the wrestling. You guys did bust your ass for that. I was against the like, how's he going to make money? I don't you know, know. He figured something out. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> I just didn't, you know. It shows the visionary that he was because everybody told him he couldn't, he, it wouldn't succeed. And so I'm talking to him he's... tonight. I'm talking to him right now. Doing it. He's asking me if I did the interview last night. I'm doing it now. No, I'm, I'm actually on the interview right now, and we're, I'm completely kissing your ass and talking about. Uh, but what a visionary you, you are! 
<laughs> but so will we because we want to get him on. Oh, they want you on the show next. <laughs> yeah, fuck him. He's a bitch. He's a total bitch. He's such a baby. With this. He's so scared of the coronavirus, I think. No, is that right? I, 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 I give him a lot of shit. He's... Uh, I give him a lot of shit about stuff. He's 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 my best friend. He's a good guy. You so I've heard that you're like the locker room guy there. So I kind of figured that. I guess. It's, I guess you know if you if you do anything stupid, you 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 may or may or may not hear it from me. But nobody does anything stupid because everybody that that comes to Beyond Wrestling is a good right. person. You, if you're you're not there. If, uh, if you're a, if you're a, you know, you're not going to be there if you're a troublemaker or if you're, right. I'm not, I don't have any, there's been plenty of people I've tried to get work at Beyond Wrestling and it's not yeah. my decision to make that, that decision. I could help people in, in some right. way and, uh, and I could, I've assisted, I've come up with ideas and I've booked angles and things like that that have executed them and absolutely awesome. All the stuff I usually come up with is great. I will take credit for it. <laughs> uh, and it always usually works out. Gonna be honest there, and uh, but I guess if you want to consider me the locker room leader, I I mean I guess I'm one of them. It, I think it's kind of maybe it's it's more of like a it's probably more of like a you know, silent type of a appreciation thing. I've lost it a couple times, I you know over things, but it's I just because I don't want to hear Drew be a anno- Drew is annoying about things while so like. I'll try to like be like guys. What the fuck? Don't do this because you know he he'll harp over stupid stuff like don't break break not breaking rules when it comes to like the building and things like that. Just try to like enforce right. the rules and make sure everything goes smoothly. You know. Yep. Yeah. We had uh we had Kevin Quinn on last night and he said you would you were always the one to help him in the locker room there. Oh, Quinn is the best. Quinn's a good, another Quinn's a great guy. Yeah. He's a great referee. He's a yep. great guy. He really is passionate about what he's doing. He I mean, loves it. At his at his age of eighty two, he still loves pro wrestling. Yeah, I mean we're lucky. We have really good referees. Yeah, Win and we got Steven. and all the yep. other guys that like kind of like circle in and out. They're all pretty good too. But Quinn well, and Steven, that's that's it, man. That's, I mean, that's you look at where Steven is, you know, and Quinn could be anywhere as well. I tell I tell Kevin that all the time. Yeah. You know, he's a phone call away from being somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I love those guys. I mean, I listen. It's it's so sad. Like, I haven't seen some people, some of these people in months. At one point, I saw somebody like Kevin Quinn more than I see my own family, and, I, and I'm perfectly That's... fine with I'm perfectly fine with that. That's <laughs> my family, and it's like I miss my family. I miss wrestling so much because I you just you uh, the way we were running <laughs> every week. I mean, you see everybody right. oh, so much, and it's I you really. Now that it's like been gone for so long, man, you really appreciate it that much. I more. mean, you can only put up with so much Anthony Green, though, right? Oh, I I'm cool with AG. I, I love it. No, we AG's like tra- a- we became traveling buddies, and um, me, him, and Briggs did a bunch yeah. of loops up through Canada and back through some serious, seriously treacherous uh, terrain at times. We got stuck in a Does- blizzard. We got stuck in a couple of blizzards. Is that and- right? really bad like i'm talking driving nice. from ottawa to hamilton in canada in the middle of the winter and it's like pretty shitty so we, we've we've clocked a lot of hours on the road together and what am i what am i my close buddies in the i'm so proud of what that kid's done and i love to bust his balls yeah he was just a referee too at one point yeah he was just a referee yep. at like 13 years old yeah 
Yeah, he's, now, he's been around for a minute. Leo Khan has just asked, do you still work for Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore? I mean, I, when was the last time Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore ran? Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's what was the, the last time anyone ran. It's yeah, been, I, I've done about four, four or five shows for House of Hardcore, but I mean, he hasn't run in a long time. Even when wrestling yeah. was still active, he hadn't he hadn't run in a while. I know Leo I used to. I, I saw Leo at a at, at he, backstage at a at the ECW arena once. Yeah, he used to do. He did a lot of catering for them. Yeah, I saw him. I saw him there one time at a house of hard course. Yeah, Leo's a good guy. He's a he's got a he's got something like this. He's got a cable access show, a YouTube show going too. So nice. And a couple. He's got actually two going on now. So he's got us beat. The New England Indie Insider is his new one. So I know he's going to be hitting you guys up with uh beyond because he's going to try to focus on every promotion in new england and beyond obviously is the king that's cool but now what else where's your what's your twitter i know we get it up on the screen but your twitter your other social medias uh instagram and- at dirty dickinson just the way it's spelled dirty dickinson at dirty dickinson and my instagram is at born dirty die dirty so you can follow me on both of those if you're if you still please or if you already don't or do where did the dirty daddy come from? It's actually a like a real life story. I didn't just like come up with a name. Um, good friend of mine, one of my best friends, his name's Lance. I've known him since I was about fifteen. He calls me dirty. I don't know why. Okay. So, he always called me dirty. Like I guess maybe because I really like ODB, the old dirty bastard. <laughs> Who didn't? I was. I'm a huge fan. That's, I'm actually in the top one percent of people that listen to Wu Tang Clan in the whole world. My Spotify tells me so. so. Is that right? Yeah. But have you heard that CD that only got sold to the one guy? No. <laughs> I'm all set. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, something tells me they didn't put too much. They made a lot of money off of it selling it to him, but something that, tells that me they knew only one person like, was going to hear. Pharmaceutical it. drug guy or whatever. <laughs> yeah. But uh, my, friend, nothing Jeff, my friend Jesse. This kid I used to lift weights with, a kid from my gym. My gym is is a whole lifelong story, social circle in itself. And my friend Jesse used to work out with this kid, and he was bigger than me, or stronger than me. And he'd always do more more reps or something, you know, more weight or whatever. And he'd be always be showing off, and he'd do his set, and he would look at me and he'd like pat me on the back and go, "Don't worry, Daddy's here for you." <laughs> And I'd be like, whoa, what a fucking great insult that is. <laughs> I was like, I got to work that into a promo or I got to call myself daddy. Like, that's cool. Like, don't worry. Daddy's here for you. I was like, oh, God, that's such a good, such a good insult. And somehow, I guess I, I don't know how when the light bulb went off, but I said, dirty daddy. And I put it on a T-shirt and, and it sold really well. And then people started chanting it at, at CZW. I remember at CZW, people just going, dirty dad. And I okay. was like, oh. Shit! This is, this is finally. I have. I have a name. It's got the right amount of syllables to chant. It it does work out pretty well. Yeah, it was pretty and, cool and hearing people say it in Japan. Okay, that's gonna yeah. be. That's gonna be different. Now, someone just asked uh, Will Dojin, "What's your favorite Wu Tang album?" Oh, I obviously like the Enter the Thirty Six Chambers, but yeah, I think my favorite one out of all of them, like all of the solo albums and everything, is the, the Liquid Swords album. Okay, like, I, I got to go Thirty Six Chambers myself. Like I, I love hip hop. I'm an old hip hop head, so yeah, that was incredible. And rap, but that's yeah, they are so talented. But Chris, 
I, I mean, that's we've gone about an hour. Um, is there anything else you want to put out there? I know there's not a lot going on, but no, just be nice to each other, man. Yeah. Just be nice to each other. Uh, I, I'm not a political guy. I kind of think all politicians are scum, so I don't get involved, and I don't really have any. Uh, I don't really, I don't really, I didn't really think too much about it before this whole thing, but I don't know. Just we're all the fucking same, and on the inside, we all bleed yeah. red. Please, man, people just need to be nicer to each other. It's is all we're true. living in. A, we're living in some fucking crazy, crazy times yeah. right now, and I just want the world to get back to normal because. If the world ain't back to normal, then I can't do my job. And and I just want to fucking do my job because my job is the best job in the fucking world. It's it's Thanks. not a, it's not the most conventional job. Um, it's not the safest job. It's it's, it's terms of, uh, you know, career-wise, financially and physically and all that. But it's, it's my trade. It's my job. And I absolutely love professional wrestling more than anything in the world. I'll never stop loving it. And I'll never stop doing it. So I just want to be able to do it again. And I, I want this virus shit to go away just like anybody else. Yeah. Anything we could do to try to like collectively make that happen and expedite that process would be great. Yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know social distancing. I don't know if the masks work, but let's yeah. we gotta fucking try it. You got to try it to say it doesn't work. I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't, no. I don't know what the fuck to believe anymore. <laughs> no, it's, it's a... It's a fucked up world that we're literally living through like the seven plagues of the Bible right now. I'm but. telling you, man, it's fucking crazy. And uh, like I was talking about Japan before, since I went there and uh, made made so many friends, and I paid it. I obviously when I was supposed to go back in April, I obviously have like long term plans of wanting to go back, you know, permanently. Yeah. I, I pay attention to the news there. Almost every day. What all the fuck else is there to do? It's nothing to do. So I started reading the news from there every day and paying attention to the way they handled the, you know, their protocols of dealing with the pandemic. And according to like the way our media was, was spinning it was that they were facing a fucking disaster because they were late to start addressing protocols for the coronavirus because you know people had their own reasons uh, they they didn't they wanted to see if it would blow over and cuz they were trying to still hold on to the olympics happening whatever regardless they're already kind of like out of the woods and they didn't even uh force you to like implement these uh th- these like civ- these shutdown rules and that. they like suggested and they told people you can show they gave people like a, there was like a, a state of emergency period for like maybe about two weeks, two, three weeks. And they didn't even force businesses to completely shut down. It was like a voluntary act. And not, ev- not everything completely changed like it did here. Yeah. Their economy right. definitely took a big hit. They t- But still, man, they got their numbers down. And I don't know if it's because the media is more honest, if they're just, if it's because they're all on the same page, because it's just like, because like the country is made up of like 90% all Japanese people. So it's not like there's all these conflicting cultures and things like that. So, but they seem to have like really turned it around way faster than anybody else. And they're kind of like getting back to, to business. And we're just kind of like still fucked in a lot of ways. And it's just, it's so disappointing because it's like, 
fuck? What's wrong with us? Why can't we just like get this shit together here? But it's obvious, right. it's obvious why. We don't need to get into it. Just turn on the fucking news. Right. It's go on, uh go there's definitely go on Twitter. <laughs> there's agendas. Talking. Yeah, there's a there's all sorts of things. There's all sorts of things. Everybody's got an agenda. Everybody's everybody's got something going on. They they got they, they got control of us, man. One way or another is control. There's fear. It's yeah. It's it's just there's something going on here that we don't know, but we don't we don't have a fucking clue what's going on. So I just hope things get back to normal, man. That's really it. Yeah, and you said it. Let's be nice to each other. Let's get the shit. Let's finish this stuff up and let's get some wrestling going again. Let's let Chris work and make some money. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I always I uh, trust me. I saved a fair amount the last couple months, but man, I can't live through this for another fucking year. There you go. Kidding me? Uh, oh, the good thing is, as a pro wrestler, you're a gig worker. You could actually collect unemployment if you wanted to. And I don't want to know your finances. So do not tell me no, if you did or you didn't. I, I have not been able to collect unemployment. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I either I, you know what it is? When it came to filling out the shit, because I'm still a resident of Massachusetts. Okay. When it came, when it came to filling out the shit, I just said, I, I what the fuck? Yeah. I have to get denied regular unemployment to then go yeah. ahead and get the COVID unemployment. But I don't even have the fucking, like, I haven't worked a real job in years. That's awesome. I, Not- I, haven't, worked, I haven't worked on paper or technically, like, you know, or had a right. job, like, in years. Three, <laughs> four years? Four years? So... What the fuck am I claiming? No. So what can I put in the in in the in the in the boxes right. to check to say that I that I to collect unemployment? Right. I, I I mean I'm gonna get denied. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, it was so mind boggling to me. I just said fuck it. I'm not gonna bother. Now do I you mean, I'm a- an idiot. I should have pressed on. I should have tried to find ways to because there's all sorts of people that are getting free money for nothing. Yeah, right? there is. Yeah, there is. Do you have yeah. a, a t-shirt store online or anything where people can buy your merch online? Well, the shit's going my, I have a pro wrestling tee store if you want to buy some of the shirts in there. But I sell most of my shirts myself. If you're interested in buying any merchandise from me, you can just hit me up in my DMs okay. on Instagram or Twitter. That's usually how I do yes. it. That's always the better way, guys. Like I'm nothing against pro wrestling tees. They do a lot of good for a lot of people. But if you want, if you want to support the wrestlers and not just wear their shirts, they get an extra buck or two that way. So. You know, help them out, especially yeah. at times like yeah, that. It's, like it's I just easier more. for me to do it that way because I, uh, I always have like a couple shirts on hand. Sometimes I do, sometimes yeah. I don't, and uh, you know, I just send them individually. It's not like I sell hundreds and hundreds of t-shirts. Right. You know, unfortunately, I'm not I'm not the young buck, so I don't yeah. like need a pro wrestling t-store in order to like make the most make the most out of it because I could yeah. actually do it myself and actually make more money doing it that way. Yeah, so. absolutely. But Chris, thank you so much. And listen, sorry about the issues we had. We we've only been using this platform for about three weeks now, and I think you must have been the first Apple product. So we we learned something. Now we know to tell people yeah. to get Chrome beforehand. So yeah, no, I just needed to download Google Chrome. I just don't use Google Chrome, so yeah. I just needed to download Chrome on my on my MacBook. And the phone yesterday was just I that was just that was yeah, just it my was, chance. I didn't know. I should have tried. It was funny, like I would see a pop up down below, but it would never connect. Yeah. So, but we appreciate yeah. you doing this and appreciate you rescheduling with us for tonight. And 
Josh actually, his no, no he texted me a little while ago. His computer crashed on him, and he can't get it back on. Oh, so <laughs> it is what it is. That's we used to tell people TIW wasn't the Irish whip; it was technical issues weekly. Oh, so we kind of used to it. Gotcha, man. But thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I'm gonna go up to you. I'll tell you who I am at the next um the next Beyond show. Well, I think I'll know exactly who you are. I've been looking at you for the last hour. So. Well, yeah, this is true. And I'm all I'm six eight, so you can't really miss me. Six eight? Oh, I have yeah. to know who the hell you are. You've seen like me and you have definitely said hello to each other in there. Yeah. So you've definitely seen me. But, yeah, definitely. But we will definitely uh we'll link up. I'll buy you a beer. I'll have a beer with you. Cool, man. If I had any coal tonight, I would have had a couple now, but <laughs> all right. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Um no problem, man. And this will go up in the next uh, uh probably Monday or Tuesday. Absolutely, man. All right, take it easy. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right.